Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Tonight we have woman, businesswoman Valerie Wilson Prasad on Chatting with Nat. Mrs. Prasad is the CEO of Mystixon Records and Prasad Entertainment LLC, which offers artist management, publishing, music compositions, distribution, and live musical entertainment. Mrs. Prasad is also the CEO of Prasad Counseling, which provides intensive and home services to children and their families. Mrs. Prasad has a master's degree in social work from Rutgers University School of Social Work and is a licensed New Jersey social worker. She has a doctorate in jurisprudence from Seton Hall University School of Law and clerked with Honorable Renee Jones Weeks in the Superior Court of New Jersey. Let's welcome Valerie Wilson Prasad. Hi, Valerie. Hello. Good, good, good. How are you handling this whole pandemic thing? It's been crazy. Uh It's been a little, a little cray cray, right? Uh, Yeah. I was just talking, I was just talking to um, uh, Ricky earlier that it's very uh, difficult to plan when we don't really have a set month, you know, when things are sort of get back to some sort of new normal. Exactly. So tell us about yourself. How did you get into, uh, first of all, you're a lawyer, you're a social worker, you're a manager. What else do you do? Is there anything else? Because you sound like Superwoman. (laughs) Because, you know, it's funny because a lot of people know me for for different things. Um, Right. So, yeah. So some people know me as a um, entrepreneur, business person. Uh, Some people know me as a... um, a professor. I remember I was um, with this group and we were out celebrating Christmas. And then somebody said, oh, that looks like Professor Prasad. And then somebody said, well, Professor Prasad? So some people don't, <laughs> they don't, you know, they know me for various things. Um, yeah, so mostly it's uh, entrepreneur mm, is what I people know so. me for. I would say so. Because I know you do a lot of things because I watch you. <laughs> You're all over the place. Um, how did you get into the whole music management thing? Yeah, so, um, you know, music is uh, totally uh, in my background. It's in my husband's background. So, um, like, if you walk into our house, you definitely know that this is a family that is into music because it's just you see speakers everywhere. You see microphones. Right. You see equipment all over the place. So it really, you know, the the management thing started when uh, I would say when Ricky was about 15 and my youngest son, he was about maybe 12 or so. And um, Ricky took a band camp um, in South Orange, New Jersey. And when I attended their performance, it's like a light bulb went off in my head because I had never seen him front a band, you know, sing and play the guitar. And so my antennas went off and then shortly after that a friend 
um, she called me and said, you know, would Ricky and, and you know Ricky and Nicholas would they mind you know playing something at my daughter's sweet sixteen? Okay. And then I thought, you know, wow, you know, let's let's try to put together a full band because we had pieces of you know musicians. We had a keyboardist and we had a drummer. And then I said, let's pull this together and do the um, you know the sweet sixteen party. And then after that, I kind of just set up the company because our goal at that time was really to just find places where we can perform. Mm. And so I knew that people would, you know, at certain gigs, they would pay us money. And I wanted to have a company set up where, you know, we can give them an invoice. They could send us the checks under that company. And it also protects, you know, the musicians. So that was the initial goal of how I kind of got into Prasad Entertainment. Um, and then I had other people, um, managing Ricky, uh, we went through two different people and, um, you know, because my thought is that I, I, I looked at the industry as just that an entertainment industry. And it wasn't until I, you know, so I let other people who I thought knew more than me, manage him and then when I just was not satisfied with the way they were behaving right then I I came to this revelation that you know this entertainment industry is really a business industry exactly and then when I made that switch in thinking I was like you know what I can do this because I know business I may not know the entertainment industry but I know business so I'm just going to take over um, his career and, and go from there from a business mindset. I feel comfortable in that lane. And that's really how I kind of got into really the entertainment industry and managing. Wow. So talk to me a little bit, because I see that you you do publishing as well. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So we were, we were, he was, they were get the band was getting ready to perform somewhere and they had a pre celebration uh, before the performance. And this guy, he pulled me over. He said, you know, um, you know what you should really get into publishing? And mm. I'm like, okay, what, what is publishing? He said, you should get into publishing and licensing. And, you know, being that I have that, that legal background, I mean, you know, right. in law school, all you do is research. So I did a lot of research and, um, and I was like, you know what? I really think he, he was telling me the truth because publishing and licensing is really the way to go. We were really killing ourselves trying to go from gig to gig. And we would spend, because, you know, we have the full band, we have people that help us with the equipment. We have to rent the van. So for right. each gig, we really, we really put out like $1,000 per gig, whether, it's, whether it pays or not. You know, because to, to bring a live band, right. hook up a live band is expensive. Yes. You know, you know, one time we were going to do a gig and a person said, um, you know, we have a DJ. A DJ cannot provide the equipment to power up a full band. Exactly. Um, you know what I mean? That's what I mean, we hear that so much, you know, when people we we tell them what our price is and they're like, Well, we have a we have a DJ. No, you, a DJ is not gonna do it. You know? No. We have the we have guitar, we have bass, we have keyboard, we have percussion, we have drums, you know, all those different instruments. It has to be powered up from by a professional and have a professional um, setup to power us up. Exactly. 
Yeah, and and that's my that's my husband. That's one of his jobs, is uh, <laughs> you know because his background. He used to do um, engineering for a lot of Caribbean bands, and that was his job was to come on site and hook up everything, and then make sure it sounds good throughout the gig. You know um, that they're sounding right, the levels are right, and all that type of stuff. And so um, he stopped that once I got pregnant with Ricky. And, um, you know, like I said, when we start going out and then he had to dust off his equipment and start doing it for his own family. Wow. Um, now, you manage your two sons, right? Yes, yes. Ricky Prasad Jr. and my youngest son, who goes by the stage name, Little Nicky. Little Nicky and Ricky Prasad. I love it. I love it. So how would you describe Ricky's music? Hmm. Okay, his, you know, his music uh, has gone through some changes. He started wow. out with like rock, and then he was into reggae, and then he mixed the two. And now he just, he says he doesn't like to put a label on his music. I, I would say it's more alternative, because he mixes up so many genres. And I, I guess that's probably part our family's fault, because he grew up with me playing rock music, on the second floor, dad playing Bob Marley on the first floor. And then, so he got that type of music growing up and, and he was so much into, um, you know, rock and reggae. And then I found the jazz program for him and he he Mm. was kicking and screaming because he says, Oh, I don't like jazz. And I said, it's not a matter of liking jazz. You need to study other areas, you know, to bring it in. I said, if you name any rock artist, you know, I bet you they didn't start out playing rock, you know, right. like Van Halen, you know, Eddie Van Halen, he started out with classical music to my knowledge. And, um, you know, you'll find a lot of artists like that that are based in other areas or study other areas. And then it's beautiful when you bring all those colors into your music. And so right. he's alternative. And my younger son, he's more EDM, you know, yeah, um, yeah EDM. Yeah, well, EDM, you know, there's a lot of place for EDM music, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find that in so many documents. You can find it in documentaries. You can video games. You can find that on television shows. EDM, and it, EDM is like not, I think people think EDM is really easy, but it's not. To, to put all that yeah. music, is, put any type of music is not easy, but EDM is, uh, is very hard. So I applaud him for getting into that genre. I understand how Ricky feels in regards to not wanting to label himself because for the longest time people would ask me, well, so what's your genre? And I'm like, well, I kind of do it all. No, what's your genre? Well, I kind of <laughs> know. I want to know what your specific thing is. And then, you know, I got into Americana and I really like Americana because there's several genres within Americana and I like the storytelling of Americana, so that's why. But I do understand him uh, not wanting to label himself. He's, he's he's a musician. He's an artist. That's who he is. And so um, he just does he does it all, which is great. And I've seen um, a lot of his TikToks. Tell me about those TikToks. <laughs> you know, it goes with um, you know being in this business, and you know that it's a yeah. seven day a week job. It's not Ooh. like you can dedicate like an hour on Monday, an hour on Tuesday. Right. It's a, it's a seven day a week job. That's why I tell people that, you know, music is not something that we do. Music right. is just who we are. And so in with that, I love reading any and everything uh, about music. 
And right. so I read this one article where they said, you know, if you're in the music industry, you really need to be on TikTok. And so I was thinking, you know, I keep hearing this word, TikTok. What the heck is this? So I downloaded the app, and then I, you know, again, researched it, uh, looked at a couple of videos, and I said, you know, we really need to get into this, especially when we've been given the lemons of 2020, <laughs> you know. You gotta turn those limits into lemonade. I know so I know a couple of artists that are just kinda of sitting still waiting for this all to go over and that's not business. You what? know, um you got to reinvent yourself or go with the flow. And so um he wasn't a willing participant when I first brought the idea to him. He was like, Oh, I don't wanna do that, you know, because people are just doing funny stuff, they're not really serious. And I said, Well that's them. You know, right. we should continue to do what we do. And so he did a couple of videos, and he was just like, oh, okay, whatever. And then as time grew, he really started getting into it. Like, we right. take TikTok. We have a designated day. We take, we take TikToks on Wednesdays before his class. We do take about three hours. And so this past, well, we flipped it this week. We did it on Tuesday. So I'll set up everything for him, and then I'll just kind of, you know, go about my business. And it's not not till he finishes, and then I go back and look at it, and then I'll give him some, you know, um, some feedback. And then I also, I will research um, duets for him because he doesn't have time for that. You know, he's a full-time student. So I will research some duets, and then I'll say, oh, look at this guy. What do you think about him? And then, so, you know, now he's, like, really into it because the stuff he – um, taped on Tuesday was just, it was unbelievable, the stuff that he's doing with the TikToks now. It's, it's amazing. Every five minutes, I'm like seeing Ricky on here, and I'm thinking, how is he doing all of this? Now, let me get your opinion on this. Now, my whole thing, you know, I'm on TikTok, too. I've done some silly videos with my cats, obviously, um, and I've done a, one or two videos with my mom. I had to force her to do those. And, um, but I always choose to do, I think I've won some, the, the cat videos I've done with other people's music, but with my music, I always use my music. I don't do anybody else's music just because I find that artists are always pushing other people, other mainstream uh-huh. artists, and they're never pushing their own when it comes to a lot mm-hmm. of the things. And so it's almost like, you know, we're always in the background and not in the forefront. So how do you feel about um, that whole aspect. Do you think it's good to do mainstream artists? Do you think it's good just to do indie, or do you think it's good to do a mixture? Now, that's, you know, somebody was asking me, I was like, I need to give, like, a TikTok workshop. Um, <laughs> you really have to look at what TikTok wants. Because right. if you want more views on your video, they control how many times people view your music. They can withhold whatever you put out there, like if you put out a video A, whatever that might be, if it doesn't fall within um, certain guidelines that they're looking for, they're not going to put it out there so many times. They may let it scroll maybe once or twice. So Mm -hmm. like I was explaining to the person, it's not really whether you want to do, and I'm writing down some notes, it's not really whether you want to do your music or do somebody else's music. It's what TikTok wants. So if your music is already on TikTok and then you want to do a video to that, they would probably more than likely like you to do that as opposed right. to recording it and then uploading it. Right. 
Okay. So for all the people out there that don't know about TikTok, um, here's a couple of the um, um, recommendations. You have to look at the hashtags that they have for the day. Like they'll have, you know, it's at least 50 or more hashtags. You can look at those hashtags and let that guide you. That will get you, you know, more plays with that. Um, Duets, they love duets. If you do a duet with another artist, they love that. Um, If you do what's called a stitch, so a stitch is if you watch somebody else's video and you comment on it. They like that. Um, And then the last one, which we just did, because, again, I looked at somebody else's video um, on giving recommendations for TikTok. If somebody writes a, um, a comment on one of your posts, uh-huh. um, you should respond to that in a video. But um, TikTok don't allow you to do a whole lot of things like duet, comment on other videos, unless you have like a thousand followers. Uh. So you can't do a lot of things on TikTok until you hit that 1,000 follower, and then they'll allow you to um, respond to comments. They'll like to stitch, duet, go live. All those different things start to open up for you after you hit 1,000 followers. So that's a long story answer to your your question. But we have done, yeah, we've done videos on our own music uh, as long as it is already there. Okay. But sometimes, yeah, sometimes we record it on our own and then upload it. But it may be pursuant to the hashtag of the week. This this is very informative because I didn't know half I didn't know I didn't know any of this stuff I was just doing my thing making people laugh or doing my music or being serious and stuff like this but this puts uh, a lot of the TikTok stuff in perspective so thank you for that how do you manage all of the social media platforms because I know for me my head's about to spin off you know obviously there's certain platforms like for example Instagram. If I post in one place on Instagram, it automatically goes to Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. I love that. And then there's platforms that you can use like Buffer. But if you're a person like me that has so many different accounts, like I have three Instagram accounts that I have to manage and and two Twitters and two Tumblrs and all that stuff. So how do you manage the, the day-to-day? And how, how many times do you post a day? That's a good question. Um, yeah, people are always saying, you know, how do you manage it? it? It it goes by, I guess I'm obsessed, or maybe the better word is OCD on social media. It's probably a better way to go. Um, as soon as my eyes open when I wake up for the day, I grab my phone, and that's the first thing I do. I check the social medias if we have uh, people commenting, if people send, you know, um, uh, email or or leave us a message. That's like the first thing. And then once I get myself together, but this is all before my feet hit the floor. Right. Um, we have a video ready to go for the post of the day. Mm. So like for TikTok, we have at least maybe a hundred on the side to post. Cause at some point I just went through all of our social media and just put it in a folder by itself right. for TikTok. And then we have the TikTok that we recorded that Wednesday. So on a Wednesday when we record for TikTok, um, we record at least seven TikToks. So that'll last us to the following week. Right. That's cr- um, organized. That's for sure. You have to be. I don't know if it's, yeah. You got to be obsessed. 
You have to do that. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100% because when somebody, because I just, you know, uh, how long ago has it been? It's been like almost 10 years. 10 years um, I, I got into the music business and 10 years ago and and somebody asked me, my God, Natalie, you've done so much. How is it, how did you get this far? And I said, I became, I, I was upset. So the minute I started to seriously do the music, I was on the internet 24 seven. Where can I put my music? What is this social media site? How can I get on this? How can I do this? How can I do that? It, it, you, you have to become that obsessed to be, to become successful. You just have to, because yeah. you have to live it, breathe it, be it. Um, yeah see some movement especially with the music industry um now you have given me uh, a couple of his songs um describe i'm going to play winner what's that about um let's see you know sometimes i co-write on some of the songs let me see winner was supposed to and i don't know if i contribute to that one but winner was we had in mind Catherine shipley uh, because she wanted to do a duet with uh, with Ricky, and so then he, he came up with with this song initially as something to do with her, uh, but it, you know it just kind of never really panned out. And so it, it really is sort of a most of his music has I don't know if you recognize it has a spiritual theme or a message. You yeah. know, it may have a good beat. But spirituality is at the, the core of most of the songs. So Winner right. is really telling you that no matter what anybody says, you've got to look at yourself as a winner. Amen. And, um, you, you know, don't, um, and then he even says, you know, give me my crown. You know, right. and that's a, that's a nod to all the spiritual folks out there to let you know um, right. that, it's just not coming from um, what he was. I think he was a teenager when he wrote that. But okay. it's coming from a deeper place. It's got a great beat, but it's coming from a deeper place. All righty. Well, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, and then we're going to play the song. Hold on one second. Hi, it's Jordan and Madison, and we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify.
haters and non-believers. I'm going to show them all. I'm going to show them. Ricky Persaud Jr. I love it. I love Ricky. Ricky's just, he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. Thank you. Woo. How many Thank songs you. Thank you. with him? Oh, uh, maybe. He has close to 80 total. And uh, I may have co-written maybe 40. Ooh, that's a lot. And it can it can vary. It can even be I mean, my contribution sometimes is uh uh some music, like I'll give him a beat, it can be a lyric, it can be a title, or it can just be something that I want to interject. But something that I found, because in the very beginning when his he has in the in the first song he did was uh Welcome to My World and then he did one called Zip Box. And right. I contribute to those songs, but back then I did not know what I know now is that when you're in a room and someone's creating a mm-hmm. song, whatever you contribute or even just being in the room, I heard about this lawsuit of a person that was just in the room where people mm-hmm. were creating a song and they, the song blew up and that person sued them. So <laughs> the person wrote the article and said, no matter what they contribute or if they're just sitting there hanging out, you need to have everybody sign something. Really? Yeah, because uh, uh, this guy, I used to follow him a lot on Instagram, and he said that the person was in the room, make a long story short, this person was in the room, let's call him John. He was in the room with like four other people, and they were writing a song for a, a famous singer. Right. And the person said, you know, well, this is going long. I can't stay. I'm going to leave. So he said, well, we didn't think no more of it. And then when the song blew up, they got, like, uh, a call from a lawyer. The guy was suing them, and he won. He was in the room when they were when they were writing that song. I don't know if he contributed, like, a the or a, you know, <laughs> what he contributed, but he, he did win his case. So when you're sitting down writing, Everybody in that room needs to sign something saying, I won't take anything or I will take 5% or I'll take 10% because it could get ugly. Well, yeah, you just talked about the ugly. Well, we can segue into my next question is like, what is the hardest part about the music business? Hmm. Um, it's complex. You know, yeah. I, I you know, American Idol comes on, and 
I, I, I don't watch it because um, it sends the, to me. Uh, and, you know, American Idol is a great show, but right. um, I know too many artists that think that you just kind of go and audition or you just have this great talent and somebody's going to sweep you off your feet. And the industry is not like that. It's a business. Yep. Um, so the, mo- the the complicated part of it is the part that I, I love about it is it's complex. Yeah. You know, it's very complex. And the music is at the heart of it. But the music right. is not all of it. Uh, I look at it like a, if I said if I ever have to give a class, I would start the class off with this Coke bottle. And I'll say, this is your music. Okay, what's next? What's exactly. next? You know, you put, you put together this beautiful bottle. You got the label on it. You got the soda inside. And it looks great. Now, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to open the door and think that people are just going to stampede in there? to buy your bottles of soda? No. <laughs> There's a lot of work that needs to be done. You're 100% right. And one of the biggest things that I find with the music industry is hard to trust people um, because when yeah. you're when you're showing a, a certain level of success with your music, you'll be slammed left and right with people contacting you. Oh, let me manage you. Well, let me put you on my label. Oh, what can I do for you? And if you don't do your due diligence or you get so excited about it and you don't really, you know, research the person, you can get really screwed. I mean, you could lose a lot of money if you're investing money into it. Um, I had somebody this past year during the early moments of the pandemic contact me, tell me he's worked with all these people and <laughs> there were pictures of him with these people. And he was like, well, I can do all of this for you for $5,000. And I'm like, well, it's pandemic. I don't know. Let me check. So. I did a little ruse. I said, okay. I'm, I saw one. I said, okay. I checked my 401k. I might be able to do it. And I never heard from the person ever again. And wow. so, yeah. So these past 10 years, I've learned. I, I know if you're, if a person's website is funky, I see if it's not a professional website, I just won't look at it. If there's no way to contact you, call you, no, I'm not working with you. But and but and I will look at reviews on the company, the management company, um, the label or whatever. I had a person recently contact me from LinkedIn, um, asking me if I had a manager. I said no, I self-manage, yada yada. And so, but I, I work with uh, B-squared management from time to time. But in it, he was offering distribution, getting me on um, what was it, Motown Records, all this stuff, blah blah blah. His fee was $250. Now, I don't know this person from Adam. I don't know where he comes from. Personally, for me, I'd rather the manager take a percentage in the beginning so I can see what they can do to see if they're going to give me money. Because that's just money coming out of my pocket, $250. Mm. Um, And he said, oh, I can get you on a label. But you didn't ask me if I wanted to be on a label. I'm an independent artist. I don't want to be on a major label. I've said that from the get-go. So when I said all this stuff to him, then I didn't hear another word from him. So how do you feel about, I don't know how you do your thing as a manager, but is it, do you believe in the percentage? Do you believe you should charge an upfront fee? How does that, that exactly work? Um, so, so it's just a twofold. So like I want to address what you said about something that's very important that people listening should should take out of what you just said and that is that 
you've learned from your years of being in the industry um, who to sort of trust and who not to trust and what you need to look out for, because that's right. very important. Um, some people think that you can just, you know, they can run right up to the front and become a star, and it doesn't work right. that way, as I said before. you gotta, you got to pave your way. You need to learn things while you're going up that ladder. And so that's an excellent thing when you're telling people that, You've learned from all the dealings, the good, the bad, the ugly. You become more seasoned as you go along. So that's that's the first thing. So the second thing is what's the percentage? Um, I personally would prefer if you mm-hmm. just say, you know, this is what I'm going to do for you, and it costs X amount of dollars. Because right. when you get into percentages, um with anything, whether it's percentages or whether you're going to play straight out, you're talking contracts one-on-one. Right. And some people would not want to go through a contract, you know. And it, I think it gets hairier when you're talking about the percentage. Hmm. Very you know, um Yeah, you have to, you know, you have to learn these different things. Like I said, we've been through two different managers And I've learned what not to do, and I've learned, um, not that I can't get the wool pull over my eyes, but I've I've dealt with enough bad bad people, if you want to say that's Ricky will always say, he says bad people. We've dealt with enough bad people where where our tentacles go up. And we have like a three-step process. Like if I want to go with someone, Junior, and then ultimately the the really jaded, pessimist in our household is my husband. So mm-hmm. if he if he says, uh, I don't think we should do that, and I've learned to follow you know, what everybody put on the table as to me just making the decision by myself. Yes, I'm the manager, but at the end of the day, uh, Ricky's the artist and my husband is the financial backer. So I can't, <laughs> I can't do it by myself. I need their approval. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. I see that. Um, Have you ever run into a situation where you'll have all these people contact you? Oh, I want to work with Ricky. I want to work with you. I want to work with Ricky. I want to work with you. And then you don't hear anything. It's almost like they expect you to contact them. Hmm. I don't think I've, uh, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I've ever, we've ever gone through that. I was just trying to think of an example. I, I think I told you this story where this guy contacted mm. us. Um, mm. It was when the, 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 the latest album, NYOB, coming out, and we were looking for radio promoters. And this guy, I don't know how he got our contact information, but he contacted us and he said, oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can right. do that. And I said, well, sit, listen, I, you learned. I said, send it to me in writing. Right, mm-hmm. and it's like you were saying when you went to somebody's website, you saw it was kind of shady. When he mm-hmm. sent me that thing in writing, and, and, you know, I could have gave it to a person in the first grade, and they would have done a better job with crayons. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just, you know what? But here's the tragedy. Here's the tragedy with this business: people think they can truly pull the wool over your eyes, and there are some yeah. people that will try to do that in this industry, which is really sad. You know, there are a lot of, um, for example, there are a lot of independent music award shows now. They're popping up out left and right. And, you know, you and I attend the Josie Music Awards. 
Busy Music Awards is one of the, is is the largest independent um, award show out there, and we love them, and we always have a great time. But at the same time, yeah. there are always surrounding award shows that are popping up just like that. They don't have any background. They don't have anything. You're just like, okay. and sometimes these things are all about money. It's, it's not necessarily yeah. that you're going to get anything out of uh, out of these awards. Um, and I've always heard, thought that it's more your body of work is more important than anything. There's an episode on Frasier. I watch Frasier all the time, and in the guy <laughs> talks about not winning not winning an award, but to think about it's not about accolades, but it's about the body of work that you put out. That's what you should be most proud. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, your body, your body of work that you kind of put out there, and um, yeah, there's a lot of um, award shows kind of out there. You know, you yeah. mentioned the Josie Awards. Why? You know, at the beginning of the season, um, and I'm hoping I'm not going off topic, but I go to like Ricky and my husband. Okay, like, hey, you guys, you want to do this again? And and most of the, I would say, 100% of the time. We go with the Josie Awards um, right. because, you know what, they, they're an award show just like a lot of other people. But what makes the difference with us is that they're very nice people. Yes. They're very nice people. And, you know, like the saying goes, you can get more bees with honey than sour grapes. And so they're mm-hmm. just really nice people, the mother and, um, you know, Tina and Josie and their whole family. So that's what keeps bringing us back to them. And also, yes. when you go to the award show, man, is it is it a party or what? You know, you get to meet up with all these other uh, musicians and artists, and it's just a really great time. So we look for more things like that. And okay. the people behind it are nice people. And I think the Josies are probably at the top of the list as far yes. as award shows because other people are kind of in it for um, the money. Right, and when you apply for the Josie Awards, you don't have to pay anything to enter. That's nope. a that's a that's a big thing, you know. Um, and so we will always be as long as they will have us involved with the uh, the Josie Awards. But there's a lot of people trying to duplicate them, but you yep. can see them a mile away. Yes, you can. <laughs> that because I often tell people, you know, I try to do my best to warn people of some of the ones that are out there um, that are just popping up. I said, you need to see what you will get out of this. You, you can't get something out of nothing. Meaning you, this, this one in, uh, award show has to have been around for a while for you to have gained any accolades from it. You know, yeah. that person that award show can try to tap themselves as one, as a good one, but the person has to do their due diligence. Where did this, what does this, where did this come about? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I agree with you, uh, uh, Josie and Tina, Josie Passantino Boone and Tina Passantino are amazing. Uh, they work hard, harder than people even realize to put that show together. It costs a lot yeah. of money together. They put their heart and soul in it and they truly believe in independent artists. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I have I have to congratulate them, and I've been with them since the beginning of their award show when it was just a baby. And you know, yeah. I, I submit every year, and I've won, and Ricky's won, and yes, we always have a good time, and and people are nice. You know, everyone's nice. We have we we have a blast. I went. Uh, oh yeah, I went last year, 
and I accepted Ricky's award and that was a lot of fun. And, um, and so, you know, I think they'll be around for years and years and years. And one day they'll probably on, be on main, a main television, you know, ABC, uh, CBS, NBC, whatever case may be, because, you know, when you put honesty and integrity in what you do, a lot of things uh, will come outright for you. I truly believe in that. Um, yeah, and we have such a great clique of, uh, of friends, you know, right. um, uh, friends, associates, how would you want to call it? Because like you said, there's a lot of barracudas in this industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you find somebody that you find that's like nice, and you ex- you can exchange ideas and information like you know you and I you know um, some of the other folks that are involved with the you know that are Grammy members that are with Indie Collaborative you know when you find those folks you got to hold on to them because sharing the information that's a, a networking someone said to me recently it's all about uh, building relationships. Amen to that. You know, so, in the, you, so if I was to draw a chart, in the middle would be the music, and then it would have tentacles outside of that that goes with that. It's just not all about talent and great music. It's about networking. It's about marketing, advertising, social media, and the list goes on. On and on and on. Now, are you taking any more clients, or are you just you're, you're good for right now with your your sons? You know, you know, people ask me that, and also Ricky said that. Um, you know, it's it's very difficult when um, you're managing artists in general. I would say if uh, money was not an object, and I I have more connections, I would take on more artists. But my niche, is, as in everything I do, like my counseling company, is I would right. prefer to work with the very young, right? You know, kids like teenagers. And they, I was just watching a video of uh, Frankie Lyman uh, earlier in the Jackson 5. That, that, is, that would be my niche of people that I would go with. And then secondly, um, I went to a workshop in New York City and this woman had her own record label and she was saying, somebody said, well, what do you look for in an artist? And she said, I look for somebody who is, quote, unquote, ferociously committed and, and, and a workhorse in this industry. So you're not sitting back just creating the music like that soda bottle. Right. She wants you to be able to work as hard as she will to promote your music. And so if you're just putting out that product and mm-hmm. you're you putting up your, 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 your feet and you're looking for somebody else to do it, um, that would not be somebody I would go with. So to make a long story short, it would be uh, young people, and they would have to be hungry, either them or their parents. Okay. No, I get it. I understand you. My God, I understand you. But I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Um, I love you, love you, love you. Um, people should still check you out and uh, check out Ricky's and Little Mix, uh music. Um, Because all of you are phenomenal. I love that you're close-knit family and you're working together to bring success in all of your lives. It's just an amazing thing. And hopefully we can chat again. Maybe you can come back and do, you know, some kind of workshop seminar to explain all these things. Because I learned a lot tonight about TikTok and some other stuff. Yes. That would be my goal to be an entertainment consultant. I love sharing information. Yeah, so definitely I would love, and especially I would love for you to do something with Sisters in Music, you know, the thing that Nikki and I are doing. 
um, let's talk about doing some type of workshop event so that you can uh, teach people how to do some of these things because I think uh, a lot of people need it. Yeah, I'll be the, the TikTok expert. But let me just say before we go, you're my idol. Good Lord, you talk about all the things I do. You're, you know, when I want to lay down and relax, I look at you and you're posting like crazy. So don't put it all on me. You are my idol. You put fire under my feet. <laughs> oh my God. I'm I'm honored. I'm honored. Yeah, I, I, I can get I get a little crazy with it. And I'm like, oh my God. I, in the morning, I'm like you in the morning, first thing, oh my God. I gotta post. What am I gonna post today? Maybe I should be inspirational. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, no, more and more I'm trying to find more things to post and really get out there and push because you know, during this pandemic I've had to I've I've listened to a lot of uh conferences, webinars on music and stuff like that and I've ta- I've learned a lot. And they're like, You need to post five times a day and you need to be more personal and you need to do this and stuff like that. So I'm definitely trying to be more of an extrovert, not that I'm an introvert in any way, but I'm trying to get yeah. out there, trying to get, you know, my messages out there and trying to make a difference. So we are both going to make that difference in the world and and we'll be successful. Yes, Lord. Because we are, we yes, are this Lord. Obsessives, the obsessives. That's a new, that's a new group right there. The obsessives. <laughs> right. Yes. Thanks, yes. Thanks, yes. Thanks again, Valerie, and we'll chat again. Let me ask you something before we go. Uh, yeah. Are you on? Are you are you guys on Clubhouse yet? I just got on it. Um, again, to my OCD of uh, looking around Facebook, I, I stumbled upon it, and I'm like, I saw the people commenting on it, and I was like, what the heck is this? And that's another thing, research and stuff, just constantly, I call it lurking. Ricky says, no, you don't want to say that, lurking. It's just more like research. It's part of my research, Facebook, yeah. social media, you know, and that's where you find a lot of information. So the answer is yes. We just got on like two days ago. Yeah, club clubhouse is supposed to be the next it thing. I mean, it's it's just people talking, but my God, I because I I get the notifications on my phone, and my phone is yeah. always talking with another conversation. I haven't listened to any yet, and we plan sisters in music plan to do something. We just haven't figured out what, but I I think it's a it's going to be up and I think it's the next big thing. Beautiful, beautiful. All righty. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, and we'll chat again. All right? Have a nice evening. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.